Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of Fix It Friday, called Runaway Friday. This past week was my mother-in-law's birthday. So she and my husband's family and my family all live back home in New York City, which is where we're from. But our nuclear family, my husband, my boys, and myself, we live here in Arizona. So of course, I know that grandma wants a video call for her birthday. It makes grandma's world to see her grandchildren on video and to watch their antics on screen. So what happened? A little bit of chaos, which is why I'm recording this Fix It Friday. So my boys came home from school. They got their schoolwork done, all their homework done, and it's TV relaxation slash bath time. So they're excited to watch TV, which they get to do after they have bath time. They get into their PJs and they're watching TV. So at this point, it's time to call grandma on the video. My older one, Gavin, puts on a sour face. He says, I don't want to talk to her. And I told her, yeah, I know. And it's grandma's birthday, so we're going to call. So when we do call, he turns his face into the corner, sulks, and refuses to come on screen. My younger one, Dylan, who loves his grandma more than anyone else in the world, happily comes on screen and starts chatting. But of course, Gavin's pouting persists. I try to coax him and cajole him to come out and wish his grandmother a happy birthday, which he does not. And finally, after maybe 10 minutes of chatting with Dylan, myself and my husband, Gavin just shouts on the screen, I didn't even want to talk to her anyway. So I'm aghast, right? I apologize to them on screen. I hang up the phone and I'm upset. So I turn to my son, Gavin, and I say firmly but directly, Gavin, I am really upset and disappointed with you. You know that grandma loves you more than anything and really, really wanted to talk to you today. It's her birthday. You're being very rude on the phone call. All she wanted to do was see your face and talk to you a little. So what happens? Gavin pouts even more, crawls up into a ball on his bunk bed and doesn't move. So the TV comes off as a natural consequence in my mind and Gavin gets even more mad and upset. But it's evening and I have to move on to the next part of the, <laughs> the routine and I'm downstairs making lunch for tomorrow. After a few minutes, Dylan, my younger one, comes out running into the room and says, Mom, Mom, Gavin says he's going to run away. He says he doesn't want to be a part of the family anymore. So I look at Dylan and respond, okay, I understand he's angry. That's okay. He's allowed to be angry. And Dylan did not get the response that he thought he was going to get. So he runs up the stairs and talks to my husband and lets him know what's going on with Gavin and his plan. So the next thing I know, I hear my husband upstairs in his room and I come and join him. And we're explaining to Gavin and to Dylan what happens to kids who run away how they could be kidnapped, how they could be never found again, may get put into foster care or maybe removed from their families for good. So this is a lecture, right, that we're, we're both uh, participating in. So what does Gavin do? He sucks his thumb. Yes, he is seven and he's a thumb sucker. And he remains curled up in a ball, crying, angry, and refusing to look at either of us. So yes, not our best response, I admit, which is why I do the Fix It Fridays, right? So... We know it's very, very common for children when they are upset to want to leave a situation, to escape, and to remove themselves from the stressor. Gavin felt upset for several reasons, looking in hindsight. One, I stopped his preferred activity, the TV. Two, I started a non-preferred activity, 
talking to someone on the phone that he frankly didn't care to speak with. And then three, I scolded him for not doing a good enough job, essentially. And that made him feel alone. And by leaving him and going downstairs to pack his lunch, I think that also further made him feel like I abandoned him. So how could I have fixed this Friday? So in retrospect, I think I could have, one, given more fair warning before making the phone call. You know, I could have set a timer and told them while they're watching TV, I'm going to set it for 10 minutes. And after the 10 minutes is done, we're going to call grandma, which honestly works pretty well. I have a timer where it's uh, color coded. So as you turn for the minutes, it ticks and you can see the color wind down. So that's really helpful, actually. But I didn't use it. <laughs> so next time. Two, I could have turned off the TV before, knowing that would upset them and let them calm down, redirected them to the phone call that's coming up and then called grandma. So I didn't just kind of jump in and have the phone call sprung on them. Three, I could have maybe enlisted the kids help to make them uh, make something special for her. Maybe light a candle on a cupcake or draw a picture or do something fun that they could get excited about so that when they talked to her on the phone, they would want to share. And they would see that as something that they could offer her and celebrate with her versus feeling like the call was an intrusion on their time and enjoyment. And four, you know, even if we did this and Gavin was a sourpuss, I could have afterwards given him a hug and cuddled him since I know from working with him and raising him that he's much more receptive if I'm touching him and cuddling him and hugging him and say something like, you know, I think it made grandma really sad to not talk to you. Can we try it again and see if we can make her happy on her special day? Because my statement was, I, mom, am disappointed in you. But really, that wasn't that important. It was more important that grandma got to feel good about seeing her grandson. So I could have focused on that relationship versus me. Five, you know, after Dylan came rushing down the stairs to tell me that Gavin was going to run away, I could have looked at Dylan and addressed his worry, right? Because he was also a little bit miffed that I didn't respond to him with the exclamation of concern that he came to me with. So I could have turned to Dylan and say, you know what? It's okay. We're going to keep Gavin safe. We're going to do our best to let him not run away. And that might have allayed his fears and not then escalated in getting dad involved. And six, you know, the TV really had nothing to do with the phone call. They were two separate non-related issues, but I stopped the TV as a natural consequence in my mind. But this really also was negative reinforcement to the boys that, you know, even if I do something that mom tells me to do, like grit and bear and smile on camera, mom will still do something we don't like, like take away the TV. Because Dylan also, in essence, was punished because I took off the TV. So perhaps it could have had a different consequence, like an early bedtime or making Gavin write an apology letter versus taking off the television because they weren't really connected. And then the last thing I could have done was um, before leaving the room, I could have tried to problem solve with Gavin and asked him um, if, if and when we could call Graham at a different time so that he could be more cooperative. So those are things I could have done, but what ended up actually happening? After an hour or two before bed, Gavin still would not look at me in the face. So I played a game with him, kind of like peekaboo, until he finally made eye contact with me. And then when things were calmer, I gave him a cuddle because I know that he's more receptive when he's cuddled. So I cuddled him and snuggled him and then gently asked him, you know, how come you wanted to run away? Because it's a couple hours after this whole thing. So he said, mom, you were angry at me 
And I thought you didn't want me anymore. I thought you didn't love me anymore. So his answer gave me pause. And that's also why I'm doing this episode. We know that kids see and hear everything, you know, everything. We know kids also see and hear everything, but they don't always put things together. So although they're very excellent observers, they're not very good interpreters. They can observe the evidence, but they aren't so great at figuring out what that evidence means, what it implies, or why it's there in the first place. So they draw their own conclusions. And very often, they're incorrect. And when they're incorrect, very often, they blame themselves. They feel like they are the reason for all of these issues that they see, whether it be us feeling bad, feeling angry, us crying, us separating from our spouses, us divorcing, us yelling, us being too tired to play with them, us being depressed, us not responding the way that they think that we should. Our kids will listen to us and then think that they are the reason for all of these bad things. And then they feel bad. They feel badly and then also feel like they are the bad thing. And we know that isn't true most times, sometimes, but not most times. But the kids believe that they are to blame for the badness, and they believe that they too are bad. So this kind of can trickle into a snowball interpretation that's incorrect, which is that they are unlovable, they are unloved, and that they are the reason why everything else goes wrong. So this theme is very, very common in kids who are observing things in their family that is stressful or maybe um you know, a little bit rocky. They blame themselves. So my understanding of what happened with Gavin was that he saw me upset. He heard me say I was disappointed in him because I was and interpreted that as I don't love him anymore because I was upset. So having that understanding, I need to do some damage control. I need to fix it. So I called him a bit more and I said, Gavin, I was angry with you and I'm still a bit angry, but I can be angry and still love you. I get angry sometimes. And sometimes I get angry with some things you say and do, but that anger doesn't last forever. You know that, right? We always make up. It's only a little bit. And I still love you even when I'm angry. I don't want you to go away or to leave, but even if you do leave, you can always come back, right? This is your home. You will always have a home here. But you know, as mom, part of my job is to teach you to do good and kind things. And when you don't, I need to help you choose differently. Because being a sourpuss on the phone really wasn't kind. And maybe I could have done it differently so that you weren't feeling so upset, right? So Gavin responds. He's like, yeah, I think so. So I ask, how could I have done it better, right? I'm trying to problem solve now. So he offers... You know, maybe we could have called grandma later on in the evening after I had more time on the TV. So when we're done, then we could call her. So I said, okay, I will try that next time. Thank you for helping me solve this problem. I love you. And he responds back, I love you. And he turns towards me. So after that hour or two of things calming down, we were able to kind of reconvene and problem solve. But just made me think of all these things that, you know, in real life, happens so fast, it's hard to kind of slow ourselves down sometimes and do the right thing a little bit sooner. But whatever way it is, part of my goal with the Fix It Friday is to show you that I too am still learning to be a good parent. 
And my hope is that you can learn from these blunders of mine and that I too can learn and be a better parent and do better. So remember that no matter how frustrated, confused, overwhelmed, or uninformed you feel, I know that you are smart enough, brave enough, resourceful enough, good enough to do something about it. And that's why you're here, right? So in this Fix It Friday episode, Runaway Friday, it was a good reminder to me that kids that feel that parents are angry with them may start to feel like they don't belong or are not wanted, that kids are very good at observing things, but not always good at interpreting things. And three, when I make a mistake, I can still do something to problem solve with my kid, even if it's a couple hours later. And working with them hopefully will help things in the future. So thanks for joining me in this episode of Thinking It Through with Dr. Naidu, child psychiatrist. I will think with you soon.